Hello and welcome to Famicast 9. This is JC with another exciting episode and with me are my two buds, mainly responsible for keeping the eShop in profit. Uh, the first one is Mr. eShop himself, Danny Bivens. Why hello there. And the other one is Dan Cooper Trooper Koopman. So you're now doing just making making up nicknames to screw me over, aren't you? <laughs> I'm I'm just trying one out. Well, don't call him the Flying Dutchman because I'll bite your fingers off. So, <laughs> well, if you don't like Cooper Trooper, I'll try and think of another one for next time. So yeah. Oh my um, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've got plenty of things to talk about this episode. Um, obviously, the uh, Nintendo Direct, uh, as of recording, happened yesterday. And uh, we've also got lots of uh, games to talk about, eShop games, as you'd expect from these guys. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're going to uh, have a Life in Japan segment, talking about something cool. And we have a, a letter to read out as well. So lots to do. So let's get on with it. So first of all, for the life in life in Japan segment, this suggestion came in from the talkback thread from the previous episode, Famicast Eight. Um, so every episode, there's an article that goes up, and uh, people uh, ask questions and uh, make comments on the episode and uh, things like that. And Fatty the Hut had a great suggestion for this episode. Uh, he says. Uh, Glad you're committing to the monthly episodes. Uh, for February, I want to hear what, if anything, Japan does with Valentine's Day. The Christmas discussion yielded yielded the startling and hilarious news about the KFC connection in Japan. I want to know what other weird derivations occur during the, quote, Western holidays. So, yeah, obviously the uh, the Christmas episode talking about KFC chicken and you know, people going crazy queuing up to buy uh, that on Christmas Day. That obviously uh, got people thinking what other crazy things do Japanese people do on these uh, holidays. And yeah, obviously February, well, Valentine's Day has passed, um, but we can talk about Valentine's Day in Japan, can't we? Yes, it's February, why not? Why not? And you should be getting this by the end of February, or really close, <laughs> depending on how fast I can edit this. But... <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's say uh, I'm sure it'll be giddy giddy safe. Yeah, I which think so is, uh, which is Japanese for just in time. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, Valentine's Day, it happened. Uh, did you guys get anything? I did. Um, it wasn't really anything like that great. Um, at work, some of the women were just giving chocolate to all the dudes. So I got yes. I got chocolate. I mean that's fine. You know I, I like that. It was a tomo chocolate. It's so like, you know, a friend chocolate, not like, oh, I want to, you know, you to marry me <laughs> or anything. It's just like, you know, hey, here's a chocolate fatty, eat it, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the thing. Me, me too. I got I got quite quite a good haul this year. I was quite quite happy with that. But yeah, the thing is, so um, when guys come to Japan, Western guys, they might be initially confused that their co-workers, their female co-workers might, you know, inundate them with chocolates and gifts 
and not cards, just just the chocolates. And um, and they'll be thinking, okay, what's going on here? Why do all fifteen women in my office uh, give me presents? You know, it's obviously because I'm super attractive and cool. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. Question mark. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Hold that. <laughs> Stop right there, Danny. No, no, no. So there's this there's this um, kind of tradition or underlying theme in Japanese culture uh, called uh, like giddy presents mm -hmm. and uh, giddy means well the closest translation is something like obli obligation or mm -hmm. obligatory gift you know it's something that you're obligated to give to someone you know like you'd give a present to your boss you know at the end of the financial year you know so you'll get a promotion you know that kind of thing <laughs> it's like it's not because you love your boss it's you know you just <laughs> it's just being friendly it's being courteous or whatever right mm -hmm. so this extends to valentine's day so the the women that you'll you work with will more more likely most likely give you these giri chocolates or yeah uh, things like that well i could go on the record and say i did not get a giri choco i got a tomo choco so at least i'm their friend and it's not an obligation <laughs> that's what i keep telling myself so yes exactly but you know not only that, I mean, I've got, I've got uh, a wife and I've got, I've got in-laws and, you know, even my, you know, like my sister-in-law or my mother-in-law, they'll give me chocolates as well. So, you know, it's not just friends or co-workers, you know, it's other family members, you know, and like daughters would give it to their dads, you know, things like that. You know, this might seem all very weird uh, to people in the West, but... For me, it's very weird to hear because here it's like, oh, it's a commercial holiday, screw this. <laughs> yeah, well, it is a commercial holiday, which is why it's taken off in Japan because they love that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, here nobody likes them. Here's like, oh, we're gonna spend millions of money? No, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the way I, I would think about it. But you know, I can't argue yeah. with getting free chocolates, can I? <laughs> no, you, no, you can. That sounds uh, lovely. It's kind of like, well, they don't have Easter here, so it's kind of like Easter in a way, isn't it? Just mm -hmm. like, just an excuse to get lots of chocolate. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, so, you know, don't make the mistake of thinking, you know, all these women love you. Just, you know, just enjoy the chocolates. And then a month later, uh, in March, the 14th of March, exactly one month later, they have this complete invention by <laughs> by Japan or the, uh, I don't know, the, the chocolate companies or whatever. They call it White Day. And White Day is the, the reverse. So the guys give it back to the girls who gave them chocolates. So I think it's not chocolates, though. I think the guys are supposed to give candies and things like that. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> Someone somewhere decided that that should be the case and that has become the rule. So, yeah, all the guys give back candies to the women that they gave, that gave them chocolates. And that's White Day. So, yeah. You know, one interesting thing about White Day, too, because I... One thing I looked up about it is that apparently they don't just celebrate it in Japan. It's also celebrated in South Korea, Taiwan, and yeah. I guess even China, too. It's just, yeah, just this invention that just <laughs> appeared overnight and is just here to stay, I guess. So, But, you know, yeah. hey, that's fine. That's interesting. I mean, but it's funny that, you know, they couldn't get it all over and done within one day. It's like, no, let's separate it into two days and, you know, let's have, like, you know, two months of, you know, advertisements and you know chocolates and you know oh, taking over half of the supermarket with these huge billboards and uh yeah let's spread it out a bit <laughs> it's pretty crazy 
So, yeah, that's Valentine's Day for you. Um, as for any other Western holidays, um, like I said, there's no Easter, which is kind of confusing because you'd think, you know, cute bunnies, chicks, and, you know. Well, e- Easter is Easter is more like, it's also fer- a very religious-related thing. Yeah, but, you know, in, in, in Japan, you know, they could just cut all that out and just have the, you know, the bunnies and the chocolate, right? It's perfect for Japan. They, they could just do it like with uh, Christmas, but... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I always felt here that there is uh, more of an of an Bible weight to it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Although, yeah. although here, uh, the Eastern tradition is on the second Easter day, everybody goes to uh, the shopping boulevard and goes shopping for a new... Um, well, for new furniture. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's what? like furniture everybody, day. Everybody on one, at one day goes to IKEA. IKEA. I was gonna. I was gonna make the racial stereotype there. Is it IKEA? But I'm glad you went there. <laughs> yeah. Everybody goes to the IKEA. What? How much furniture could you possibly need? I mean, every year buying new furniture, or just looking, or what? They're just gonna look, or just buy, or okay. have some Swedish meatballs, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> awesome oh god there's so many jokes I can make there but I won't but um hey, that's, that's awesome please though. do <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the most stupid thing ever everybody okay second Easter day let's go furniture shopping <laughs> wonderful you know my I don't know my experience in America for Easter at least it's been you know yeah you know there's stuff with you know religion and church and stuff like that but I don't know you see a lot of Easter bunnies and chocolates and chocolate eggs on the shelves and people you know a lot of people have fun with that i think it it's I'm like you james i think it's kind of surprising that the japanese didn't pick up on it because it seems like something that i think that they could enjoy you know i mean i think anybody could enjoy yeah <laughs> really. i mean halloween yeah I mean, halloween is all like you know scary things and that's kind of not really taking off in japan but it's you know at least they're attempting to do something for halloween in japan right but easter is like nothing it's like no one, no one even knows what the word is, you know. I think you can compare Halloween to here to there because here it's also not really a big thing. Um, the only country I can think of in Europe who kind of does really in, is really into Halloween is the UK. Yeah. Um, e- even even mid-European countries are like, this is a very American thing. We're not really interested in scary things, or they're going just going to watch a horror a movie marathon. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, at least something, but it's not really a full taste of an experience. I think in England it's more the adult side of things, you know, just getting drunk and wearing <laughs> costumes and stuff like that. But in America, it's, it's pretty much everyone who does it, right? It's like, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've I've spoken to some Americans who, who say they love Halloween more than Christmas, <clears throat> uh, which I find baffling, but there you go. I don't think I do. But, uh, <laughs> you don't find it baffling? or you? No, I mean, I find it baffling, but I don't think I like <laughs> Halloween more than Christmas. <laughs> right. There you go. So, yeah, obviously, there's lots of other more... There's plenty of Japanese holidays to oh, go yeah. around in the year. I mean, there seems to be, like, you know, a national holiday every two weeks in yeah, Japan. Yeah, I mean, geez, I mean, actually, this month, too, it was, like, National Foundation Day or something on February 11th. Uh, the, I guess the initial foundation of Japan, some you know, long, long time ago or something. It's, it's yeah. kind of crazy, but it, was fall, it fell on a Saturday, so we didn't get the day off. 
Damn I'm going to have Golden Week. I'm sh- I'm sure even people in the West have heard of that, the Japanese Golden Week, because you know there's lots of um, game releases and things that happen during that time, because that's a huge yeah. you know shopping period. You know, um, yeah, we could talk about that when it comes around. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's in April. All this all this uh, holiday talk um, wants me to play Animal Crossing again. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. all the holidays of all worldwide continents are in there, surprisingly enough. In every version of the game? Um, there are some differences between the Western and the Japanese version. I have both of them. Um, there are a few changes here and there. For example, in the European one, there's actually a version of St. Nicholas. Huh. I, I always wondered about the Australian version. Do they reverse the seasons as appropriate, or do they just leave them... As it is, because it would be really annoying to be, you know, freezing your ass off, and then you turn on Animal Crossing, and it's the middle of summer. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> it's not summer. It would be a very interesting thing, yeah. Yeah, um, but knowing how Australians get screwed over for games, I'm pretty sure they'll probably just have the the European version, and it'll be all wrong. Well, we can send out the question to you, the audience. Yes. If you live in Australia, let us know. Or we could just ask one of our. That Australian correspondence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could do that too. That too. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed that segment. That's a quick segment because we've got plenty of other things to talk about. But if you have any uh, suggestions for this uh, little uh, Life in Japan segment, then by all means send it our way. Leave it in the uh, talkback thread or go swing by our forums, the uh, NWR uh, Japan Crew thread, and uh, say, Hey guys, why don't you talk about this and we'll give it a shot. Okay, so let's move on to new business. Don, you have been playing some very similar games, or the exact same games, I should say. <laughs> or three same games. Three yes. of the same games, right? So, yeah. before you talk about those three games, um, which I think are mostly uh, rhythm action games and eShop games, uh, Don, you got yourself a nice little bit of uh, new technology recently, didn't you? Yeah, I got a Vita. So, when did that come out in Europe? It came out Wednesday, so a time of recording yesterday. So, the 22nd of yeah. February, okay. So, you you uh, went down to your local game shop and picked it up? or? Um, I had Actually, we don't have local game shops over here, so I had to take a train, half-hour train, to a bigger city to pick it up there. Um, so, I was first in line, so I got a free game, which was a store thing, I believe. Cool. Oh, nice. So I got a free copy of um, Raymond Origins for the Vita, which is pretty nice. Cool. You could choose that free game? Yeah, I could choose that free game, yeah. Nice. Nice. Because I already had Luminous, because um, I love that game to pieces. Um, There have been some other versions, like on Xbox Live Arcade or um, Steam or what have you. Mm -hmm. But something feels right on playing it on a on a Sony handheld. I don't know what it is, but it just feels alright to play it on here than it did on the other versions. So how does um, Raymond Origins uh, compare to 
any other version. Have you played any other versions? Or I, I've played the Wii version. Um, okay. It looks certainly crisper than the Wii version. <laughs> wow. I, I've, I've, I've played the demo updates to the Wii and it actually looks exactly the same, so just as nice. crisp and clear. Although they don't have multiplayer, which is understandable since in my experience I've found that Wayman Origins is more suitable to play it alone. <laughs> um, but uh, what they added in the Vita version is a ghost mode. Okay, so like a time trial type thing. So is, is there any way to share those ghosts? Like using the Nier? Yeah, uh, there's Nier? this application in mm-hmm. Vita called Nier, which is kind mm-hmm. of like Street Pass, but both for your friends and for people you meet randomly on the go. Mm. So, first of all, I've met people in my own area. Um, surprisingly enough, there were people in my own area, and it actually spies out near. So it actually finds like like a geocache. Hmm. It actually found uh, found people in my area like 4.5 kilometers away from me, and I still got that specific game good. Nice. So, so is there is there any limit? Is it um, up to a certain kilometers away, or is it just you know? I, I think it only I think it can only track 10 people at a time. Okay, so let's say you live, you know, ten kilometers away from anybody, it would it would still pick up those people. Oh yeah, just uh, sp- um, sp- uh, spites out and tries to find new people. Okay, um, which is a, a really really interesting but also encouraging thing because you will know that you will always find someone. <laughs> mm, that's um, cool. Yeah, so it's it's very different from the street pass stuff where you actually have to pass someone to get something. Um, also, right, it isn't right. integrated in the friend list, so there's a de- separate section in there that has like um, you could compare to a Facebook wall or to a Twitter feed, and it lists like um, things that your friends did and new things that you receive from your friends. Nice. Um, so, can you friend these people that you you see nearby? Yeah, you can actually uh, click on their profile if they have that selected that option and say, "Hey, do you want to be a friend with me?" Nice. That's cool. That's something I, I, I hope that gets incorporated in the 3DS in the future. Because, you know, the people like your street pass, I mean, you can't do anything with them apart from say, you're great or you suck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't even say, like, nice hat or, you know, where, you know, it's, what's your real name or where do you live? <laughs> I'm coming to get you. <laughs> what I um, also find interesting is that with the launch lineup, they actually had downloadable titles which were some were rehashes of a PlayStation 3 game. But if you had already the PlayStation 3 game, you got a Vita version for free. Oh, that's cool. Wow. That's the future. So I already had like four downloadable games already to play from the get go. So that was really good. That's awesome. Um, so overall, I, I like the system. I will talk about it more in a connectivity episode, which I will record next week, because then I will have played it a bit more and then understand all of its features. Uh, because basically, I've played three games, which are Batman Origins, Luminous, and Welcome Park. <laughs> and well, I guess that's the intro to Vita. Welcome, right? Welcome Park is actually a pretty nifty intro, just like a bunch of mini games, which. Uh, Tells you all about the features, and it's actually pretty fun. There's some trophies to collect for you, so mm, there's nice. an incentive to play them actually, huh, cool. which is cool. Um, so they have done actually in their in the right mindset and everything put together. The only thing that it really misses is sometimes a little touch that makes it perfect. Like even with near, when I click the near button to update my location info, I can then do that again. 
for the next hour. Hmm. Which is kind of weird because Street Pass is always on, uh, although I have a 10 limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and But with um, Nier, I cannot do it the same, twice in the same hour. Hmm. I wonder why they limited that. So, it misses some touches here and there, but uh, overall it's a pretty nifty system. Um, cool. It's nothing well, really Nintendo related, but hey, it's uh, it's fun. No, and if people want to hear more about that in depth, then uh, check out Connectivity, probably the next episode that's uh, going to air. Um, possibly on the next episode of Family Cast, I will have a Japanese copy of Gravity Days. Hmm. Okay. Uh, because that's something I'm really interested in. That's the only title I really want right now. <laughs> and it, it's region-free, which is always something that, uh, you know, near to Nintendo uh, gamers' hearts, right? how they haven't done that with a 3DS and uh, most probably won't with the Wii U yeah kind of sucks. so it's nice to have a region free system like that right yeah it doesn't mean I need to buy three of them uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay then so let's move on to the games that uh, you and Danny have been playing Danny uh, you've been playing Theatrism yes uh, that's here recently, you know, it just came out last week in Japan on February 16th, and actually, apparently, it's been it's been a little bit hard to find too. But I got kind of lucky finding my copy and uh, last week whenever it came out, and you know, so I've been enjoying it ever since. And my God, I mean, it, it is absolutely amazing. Uh, if you grew up playing Final Fantasy games, this is just a total trip back, you know, to all of those games that you would have enjoyed back in the day. Uh, you know. It, it, Obviously, it's all the great music from the games. Well, not uh, not all of the great music from the game, but, you know, some very memorable songs that you'll see uh, here and there. And, um, yeah, it, it's just outstanding. I mean, I have no experience with Final Fantasy, or well, very little experience, anyway. Oh. And, um, yeah, I thought the music was excellent when I played it at TGS mm-hmm. with a good set of headphones. Oh, yeah. And really, really high-quality music. And it seems to be uh, taken off in Japan. I mean, it's sold out, right? Yeah, within, something like that. the first few days or something? Yeah, at least the initial amount of copies that they have or whatever. They're, they're, yeah. they're pretty hard to find. I mean, I, I think I said it on a previous episode, but like, I was really skeptical about this game being you know, a retail game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, once I played it and I saw how much content they were putting in, not only just the music, but like you know, the, the, the videos and everything like that, so, oh, yeah. do you feel that you know the amount of content in the game that you get before we t- start talking about DLC? Mm-hmm. But like the the content you get in the game, is it? Would you call it a proper retail game? Absolutely. Uh, I think there are somewhere around like seventy songs or something like that wow. in the game that you can play yeah. through. Uh, I mean, then like you said, you know, there's the videos and stuff like that that are in there that are basically integrated with the songs, uh, with you know, with some of them. I mean, 70, I mean, you can compare that to, like, Rock Band 3 or something, right? That's, like, equal to that, right? And nobody would ever complain about that being a full-price game, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's quite a bit to do. And then on top of all the songs, too, I mean, you know, there's kind of what amounts to accomplishments that you're kind of trying to, you know, reach your way towards. There's little cards that you collect. I mean, there is just a lot of kind of interesting stuff that, you know, you can do throughout the whole game. And it's 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 a... I, if this was a downloadable game, this would be one hell of a package. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> so at retail, I think it's I think it's fair. Cool. Yeah. One one thing that kind of bugs me though, there doesn't seem to be like 
very little event songs like the initial uh, 13 and that's it yeah and like i i really love those because they look really good in 3d surprisingly enough even with the older games mm-hmm. um, so the there there are three types there are three types of levels right yeah right. there's the the event scenes uh, which are basically um a video piece so even from the nes and SNES ones or the Famicom or the Family Super Famicom ones. Mm-hmm. Um, there is like a little video um, that explains stuff about the game itself and the story, and sometimes with the cutscenes, it's mm-hmm. it's very cool. Um, secondly, you have uh, the field song, uh, which has basically the field an over- or overview music in the background, and you um, your little character uh, walks towards a goal. Do you do it very brilliantly? You get an additional award for doing so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's an incentive to go back and try to f- do your very best. Um, and finally, there is the um, there's the battle song where there's the like four rows of um, notes coming at you, and mm-hmm. you will really have to strategize to click those notes directly. Yeah, that looks most like a Final Fantasy game, doesn't it? Yes. Like, that looks like a Final Fantasy battle, straight up. And that's also, because there is a leveling system in there, that's also where you get the most experience from. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, so there's a there's an experience, okay. Yeah. Right. And you get also additional bonuses if your character levels up, and there's also attacks that, you're, um, that the characters you choose can do. So, there is uh, some... Mm. There is some RPG elements in there, surprisingly enough, and it actually works pretty interesting. And sometimes, um, when you're doing a song poorly, uh, one of the characters, for example, can restore your HP, so you're not uh, losing. Oh, nice. Okay. So it's not just for show. It's not just you know a, an animated battle happening. You know, there is you actually are interacting with it in in a in a musical way. Right. It's yeah. Interesting. That's cool. I remember when when I was doing well, um, you know, and the notes turn gold, and if you hit all the gold notes, then you activate your summon. Yeah. Right. That yeah, and that what that is too. It's during like certain parts of the songs. This goes for all of the different types. It's kind of like a, uh, I forgot what they call it. Basically, it's a special part of the song, and if you perform well enough, then yeah, you can do it. But if you don't perform well enough, then you, you're not going to be able to do. And you know, in that case, a summon attack or something mm-hmm. like that. But it's unfortunate when you don't get a note because, um, just like I told with the field songs, if you don't get all the uh, gold notes, uh, your character won't change in the chocobo and you won't be pressing forward very fast. Yeah, and the, in the, um, yeah, the field one, right. Yeah, and in the event songs, there's an additional bit of video that can only be unlocked if you play all of the golden notes correctly. Nice. Cool. So have they redone the events in 3D? Well, I I didn't yeah, think so. I mean, well, what what it is for a lot of them. I mean, they put the video at like at the back of like a layer, oh, and I then see. they have like the other stuff on there. But I've heard, you know, it, sometimes it is kind of hard to even really see it when you're just trying to page yeah. the notes. But I've heard that uh, allegedly that uh, in like Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy Thirteen or something that those the event things are in three D. That's what I heard. I haven't like watched it you can you can watch them separately sir yes i know but i haven't done that yet well that's useful because it it, it kind of reminded me of something uh james jones was talking about on rfn about rhythm rhythm heaven fever 
how you know there's so many things going on in the background you know during these intense musical you know action rhythm games you you can't see what's going on you're just looking at the notes you're concentrating fully on the game right and you and you might miss all these cool animations and touches and stuff i mean it it takes me back to like oendan and uh, you know elite beat agents i mean the the stories and those are so funny and the animations and everything but you can't see it when you're playing it you have to go back and watch the replay or right. you know you know go and find the videos and watch them afterwards right so i guess it's the same for this kind of thing um you know if you want to watch it i guess you have to do you unlock the videos when you beat the level or something you can also watch the replay there's a replay option. the replay okay yeah yeah you really need that kind of thing right um so I think we also need to discuss the DLC stuff, I suppose. Yeah, sure. well, this is a huge thing, right? I mean, uh, what was the fir- the first game? Well, Dan, you did uh, you did a video of this, didn't you? The <laughs> what is that game? Tobidasu Pudikura <laughs> Revolution. Bloody, 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 bloody ridiculous revolution. Pudikura. Too long named, you know. Oh, uh, the photo booth. Yeah. Yeah, basically, it's a photo booth. Um, oh, it actually Christ. is pretty fun the photo booth surprisingly enough um, you can make your um, photos and then um, cut out pieces and make a 3D background behind it, it's actually pretty interesting stuff <laughs> um, Dan you know when you made that video when I when I, I watched I watched it and I just thought I just imagined this guy in Japan watching the servers go you know when they, when they turned on the DLC and there's all these people from Japan and it's like Wait a minute! There's one guy from Holland downloading this. Who is this guy? You know, <laughs> it's like Dan's the only guy outside of Japan downloading it. <laughs> this Budokura game. Yeah, I, I, seriously though, it is a fun app. Um, it's not my a type of app, but the things it does, it does insanely well. And what it does and is, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Taking you can, you photos of your friends. Not only make photos of your friends, you can make a whole 3D frames behind you and cut out pieces of your own uh, regular photo. Um, you can make uh, the effects of the 3D of your own photo stronger or more in the background. There's a lot of options to play with, actually. Well, it's weird because, you know, this kind of thing... Uh, is is it a downloadable title to start with? Yeah, it's a, it's a downloadable title, like um, 600 yen. Okay, so... These things, these Purukuro machines exist for real in Japan. These are, you know, these big photo booths. Um, like, they're, they're huge. I mean, you don't see anything like it outside of Japan. You go in this thing and it's like, you've got these uh, pens you can draw on the screen. You know, there's like all these filters and things you can do. And it makes you look like a Japanese schoolgirl, even if you're a 45-year-old man. <laughs> you know, it's it's quite incredible. And, and these things are like, you know, 200 yen a pop and you get a real photo which is a, a sticker you get a whole bunch of stickers of your photos right it's like why would anyone pay to do this on their 3ds where they can't print it out you know it's in 3d you can you can put it on you can put it on the on your sd card you can send it through swap note um <laughs> you can send it in the free photo competition if you even like that yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't care i like it I really like it. <laughs> I just, I yeah. I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's good for what it is, but it's just I don't really see the purpose. It's like you know, for people who want to do this thing, they can do it for real in Japan for less money and have an actual product at the end of it. <laughs> yes, but for 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 free time for free time spending for the product, you can do it forever for free. 
<laughs> think about that way. And it is an, an actually a very good 3D effect, so think about that. I just wish there was, you know, like James was saying, I wish there was just a better way that you can share this stuff. Like, I don't know, an easier way or a broader way to do it as opposed to just, you know, with somebody else's, you know, 3DS via swap node or... Well, if they made a deal with, like, one of the online um, photo printing companies or something like that and said, you know, I want to print, you know, these stickers and then they post it to your house or something like that. That would make sense. They did that with the Wii in Japan, right? They had a photo printing they had channel. That you could do like yeah. business cards. And you could... Yeah, you could do all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, that kind of thing makes sense. Maybe they'll do that for the Wii U. Because that, that the Wii U is basically a Purikura machine, isn't it? You got the screen, <laughs> you got the photo, you got the screen. You can draw on it. In a that's a that's app has to happen day one in Japan. <laughs> but. Uh... Again, for what it is, it is fun. Um, so, if you are interested in making creative photos, not necessarily if it's girly things, you can also make more um, things you like on your own. It is pretty impressive stuff for what it does. Well, the DLC was Mario Kart, wasn't it? Yeah, Mario. Mario, Mario Kart and Mario Kart, and yeah. Spring Set? Spring mm-hmm. Set, yeah. Okay. But I didn't buy the Spring Set. I only bought the two Mario things. How much? Were they 100 yen each? Yeah. <laughs> you, you get like you get like five 3D new 3D backgrounds or like ten or twelve stickers per thing. Okay. Well, we were talking about Theatrhythm DLC, right? So, how much are those Theatrhythm songs? Are they songs? Are they packs? Currently, one hundred yen per pop uh, through a special offering, which is now extended because of the success. Nice. Um, I don't know when they will turn back to one hundred fifty yen per song. But for now, there's still 100, and um, there's a good bunch of songs in there, like eight right now, and uh, two weeks later, there will be a new bunch of songs. So. Nice. I'm interested to see where it goes, um, but I like the stuff they offer. It's um, even like, it's weird, like Final Fantasy II, the battle theme of that, but it's quite enjoyable to play. Um, so it is a, if you're interested in getting more, basically more game, it is very um, is good stuff for you. Okay, so there's eight songs, eight songs now. So that's an extra eight hundred yen onto the price of the game, right? Right. Uh, is the is the game a full price? Is it like a, a square tax game? Is it five thousand eight hundred or? This I thought it was like six thousand, like Shit. lower six thousands. But you know, even though in Japan it's completely different than the states. You know, things are listed at you know retail thirty nine ninety nine, and that's what you're going to pay almost every time. Right. Uh, minus a few cents here or there at Walmart or whatever, but in Japan it's a little bit different. Like you know, this thing was priced at you know six sixty two hundred yen or something, and but you can find it for like five thousand. I found it for like about five thousand. Oh, okay, so the 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 recommended retail price is six thousand two hundred. Right, but no one ever does that. I don't know why. I mean, that's fine. I'm glad. <laughs> so that's almost seventy dollars, yeah. isn't it? Thank God, yeah. I earned yen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I will say you don't need necessarily to buy the DLC because the the base game itself is yeah. pretty strong. Yes. Yeah, it sounds like there's plenty, plenty to keep you going. So maybe you would just recommend you know buying the odd song here and there if you really liked you know Final Fantasy VII, for example. You know, get the song from that. And uh, did, sure. Did I? Is this just a rumor or is it like just wishful thinking about other Square Enix games being in it? Well, I actually talked about on the last Famicast that I hoped that there would be games that weren't in the regular Final Fantasy series, mm-hmm. just the spin-offs that maybe 
could turn up there. And that's actually what they announced. So other Final Fantasy games that not are in the regular line will come as DLC at some point in time. That's cool. Another thing that kind of came out of this too is that they said that uh, Square is actually thinking about releasing other, like making Theatrhythm like a, a line of games, not just with Final Fantasy, but maybe with other games that they have in the series too. Well, it's got to be Dragon Quest next. Well, one of the things they mentioned was uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms. So I, I have one of those in the Virtual Console for the Wii, but uh, I just couldn't play it. It was just kind of boring. But I wasn't really paying attention to the music, so maybe it's amazing. I have no idea. <laughs> I played a few of those games. The music is actually pretty excellent. I would buy that. Um, I mean, you'd think Dragon Quest would be the, the shoe-in, because I mean, it's Dragon Quest, and people in Japan just buy it like crazy. But isn't that more um, a decision of the Enix side of things? Who knows? Well, I mean, obviously, yeah. But it's like, I don't know how they would come to a decision on that. You know what I mean? So. What do you think they'd call it? Draquetism? <laughs> I don't know. This, probably just Theatrhythm Dragon Quest. You know, Theatrhythm yeah. Three Kingdoms, you know, whatever. Romance of the Three Kingdoms. So, <laughs> uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense than what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking up city names. Come on. <laughs> yes. That's what I do. So, um, have you guys got anything else to say about Theatrhythm, or should we move on to Rhythm Thief? Let's go on to Rhythm Thief. So, Danny, you talked about this in the last episode. You just got it, right? That's right. And since then, Dan, you've got your copy, and I'm yeah. sure you've all both played it a lot since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you guys completed it? Yes. Yeah. Nice. I talked about it with uh, with Danny like a week week ago. Mm-hmm. Just a week ago, maybe a couple weeks ago. Because I finished actually. it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That we both that we both finished it, and we talked a bit about our, our experience about it. It was uh, pretty interesting. But yeah. I think that Danny could give the lowdown on how the game in total was. Yeah, I, I mean, overall, I mean, what you obviously think of when you think about this game is that it's a rhythm game primarily. But that's actually not the case. Mm-hmm. What I think this more this is than anything. It's, it's more of an adventure game with rhythm elements, rhythmical elements in there, you know, with these, you know, the rhythm-based stages and stuff like that. Because basically, most of the game, you're going around, you know, kind of engaged in this little world, uh, basically trying to help. You know, you're the guy, Ralph, in the Japanese version, Raphael, in the English version, whatever. Um, and you're basically just kind of going around town for the first stage or whatever, you know, you're stealing crap and running away, and, you know, it's kind of crazy. But then you like meet this girl, and you're trying to help her out a lot and stuff, and fighting Napoleon. It's ridiculous, <laughs> <laughs> as you can imagine in that you know anime type of style. But um, you know, as you're going through the story, then like I said, you, you know, you have these diff- different um, you know rhythm sequences that you go through, and they're all they're all pretty varied. I mean, some of them uh, make use of the touchscreen, some of them are button based, some of them are even gyro based. Um, most, oh, really? Yeah, most of the time, I've, I didn't have any problem at all with any of the controls. Same here. Except for... Uh, we both Yeah, we both had one game mm-hmm. that was bad. Yeah, one puzzle that was awful. Can you talk about the and, gyro one for a moment? Sure. Um, <clears throat> I mean, primarily what they do, they have like one where you're, like for example, you're Ralph's dog, Fondue, and you're just... Basically, you with the gyro tilting the system over, and he's like going towards this meat that's flying at him or something and eating it, and you know it actually works pretty well, and there's uh, there's really no problems with that. Um, this other one that we 
hit late on later on in the game. I won't go into too many specifics, uh, but you're, you're you're flying around this hang glider, and you're using the gyro controls, and then you're like using the A button to shoot soccer balls at incoming people who are shooting missiles at you. That didn't seem too fair, but <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just really hard to control that one. Yeah, it, it's terrible. It's just really bad. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, because I'm trying to, you know, you see these missiles coming in, you're trying to mash on the A button because that's what you're, you know, that's kind of instinctive, but what you should be doing is going with it, you know, in the, in the, with the beat, with the rhythm and stuff like that, but it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of just maddening, it's just not fun, it's just awful, it's just not a good time, and I ended up playing it for about two hours before I finally beat it. Jesus. Luckily, it was for me. For me, it only took like fifteen minutes. But I will be <laughs> honest with you, I used a help item yes. to get me through it. Yeah, I for I don't know. I never use the help items. Like I never really thought about it. And then, yeah. <laughs> so sounds like you should have done. It. Saved I should have two Jesus hours. But I mean, other than that, I mean, I think the game is absolutely amazing. There's just a lot of cool locales. The uh, the visuals are really great. It's kind of like this cell shaded type of style that they're going for, and I think it blends really well into the animated cutscenes and stuff like that that they have too. So it's just an amazingly put together game, and I can't I can't wait for people in America and Europe and English speaking you know English speaking audiences to experience it. That's, that ties into something nicely for Europe, because Nintendo of Europe is actually pu- publishing it here. I saw that, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So they obviously think highly of it. Yeah. For me, overall, the game was also uh, pretty good. Um, I thought that, although it closed one chapter of one story, it didn't give enough closure, closure for a second part of that story. Sure. Um, and I assume that they're setting up for a sequel. That's what I exactly what I was thinking as well. Yeah, I will. I won't. We won't give it away. No. Um, but it's the very last, very last cutscene in the game, um, where you will see this, mm-hmm. and you will think from. So that is where that plot point went. Mm-hmm. Um, of, after you complete the game, uh, this is something I quickly want to mention. You unlock endless games. Mm-hmm. Um, like there is like a version of the dance uh, mini game that goes on forever, um, <laughs> and you have three times to screw up, and then you go on forever till your three times screwed up, and then you get a high score. Um, it's very addictive to play. Um, oh, I remember last time you, you talked about the coins, the currency. So, did you unlock anything cool with that? These uh, is it help items or? You use the help items, you unlock the endless games also with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you unlock uh, the cutscenes and parts, uh, like um, parts of the music or the things you can't collect anymore, like a closed-off area that you can't um, get to later in the game. Uh, you can um, buy those um, from there in the end, if you want to. Okay, cool. And uh, moving on to the last game that you guys have been playing... It's a Dempanin game, which it's it's funny actually. Both all three of these games have all had demos on the Japanese eShop, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So Dempanin game, the first eShop game to have a demo. Mm-hmm. So this translates to like radio wave people, <laughs> yeah, like little people yes. who live live in the radio waves yeah. that fly through the air. 
So you capture these guys using the AR, right? And then you can use these guys as your, you know, your fighters in an RPG, right? Mm-hmm. There's an actually there's actually an interesting way how you collect them because you will have to find Wi-Fi Wi-Fi spots and there from there collect them. Yeah. Oh, Wi-Fi spots. So okay, basically, cool. yeah, you can't just sit uh, at your own apartment and just keep keep doing it. You can only do it, I guess, once, and then or and then you have to find another Wi-Fi spot to get different ones or something. What? Well, actually, actually, if if one of your characters dies. And they come from a certain Wi-Fi spot. You actually can refine them there. Huh? Maybe I'll just kill them all and just. <laughs> <laughs> so they they live. They were born in that Wi-Fi zone, so they have to be, you know, found again and resurrected. And Wi-Fi zone, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know that many Wi-Fi spots. You know, like free Wi-Fi spots. Japan's a little bit different than the, at least America or something like that, where you know you find Wi-Fi spots everywhere. And Japan. Yeah. It's strange, isn't it? I mean, yeah. people have this, you know, view that you know Japan, you just, you know, anywhere you walk, there's probably Wi-Fi. But in reality, because Japanese phones have had internet and email and videos and all this kind of thing for so much longer than the West, mm-hmm. you know, the the 3G network is so uh, good that you know most people don't really bother about using, you know, laptops or whatever to do email and stuff like that they've always used their phones mm-hmm. and because of that there are there's a, such a lack of uh, like free wi-fi anywhere mm-hmm. i mean like starbucks for example in the states i mean that's free wi-fi right you mm-hmm. think starbucks wi-fi but in japan you have to pay a monthly subscription or you have to pay you know whatever it is 500 yen an hour or whatever mm-hmm. which is completely separate from starbucks it's like i think ntt do it or something so, yeah, yeah, there there are lots of Wi-Fi, but it's not free. And uh, yeah, it's you not or it's not open or whatever. It's not open. No, I mean, there's there's. F- I basically used my 3G connection of my phone to to Federate and basically got new free characters from it. Um, later on in the yeah. game, you can get new characters both with QR, but it's really weird because you can save the QR codes to your SD card. You can only take a picture of your screen with a photo camera or something and put it on the internet. <laughs> Brilliant. There's, there's even in Japan there's a dedicated wiki for it, collecting all of these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have they all got names associated with them, like unique yeah. names? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think I I had mentioned in my initial impressions of the game that you know my first guy I met his name was Alan and he was telling me about everything and then. Like, Minota was like, oh, my guy's name is, like, Yoshimitsu, or whatever. And Dan's like, oh, my guy's name Dusha, or whatever. And <laughs> <laughs> Dusha? Yeah, no, it wasn't. But, you know, so I was like, oh, well, it's it must, you know, just kind of be random for whoever you start out with, you know, each time. Um, so. Are these, like, infinitely randomly generated? Or is it, like, do you think it's a set of whatever, a hundred... I think it. it's I think it's a quite a big set okay. to be exact, um, with, because each of them has their own separate voice too, uh, which makes me think there is a specific set. Um, they also have their different antenna capabilities, which can also grow over levels, um, which is pretty interesting. Um, they also have this different type type of colors, which um, depend on their st- which make their um, which make their stats, basically. They make up their stats. So you have a white one who has a large amount of um, of health. 
you have a red one, which is very resistant um, against certain attacks. Um, there's also special colored ones, which um, have really random random stats. Um, and there lo- there's like a lollipop one, lollipop colored one. Um, but uh, what's the ultimate goal of this game? Like wh- um, to, uh, what's com- the- to overcome the dungeons in the game. Okay. When it gets down to when it gets down to it, if you get past the goofy shit, it's basically an old school RPG. <laughs> it's cool that your progress from the demo carries on to the full game, right? That's amazing. Yeah, it's true. That's too. yeah. It's quite yeah. It's one of those things that yeah that makes complete sense, but you know, <laughs> it's never happened before <laughs> on a Nintendo console, so it's quite a big deal. It, it takes it takes a cue from um, let's see. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, where all the characters walk around you in a long uh, row um, over the map screen, which is kind of adorable, I have to Mm -hmm. admit. Um, And then take the all amount the same time in battle against like three enemies, and if they're really overpowered, then it's kind of unfair, because you can just keep throwing dudes after attack after attack, because they will attack automatically. You can't, like, control their attacks. Uh, They will think in in the situations that is suitable. Like, there's one option when they just do whatever, and there's another option where they save a- AP, which is the antenna points, as much as possible. Well, I mean, you can do go through and manually do each attack yourself, too, but when I was playing, I, f- I found it was just a lot easier just to have them do the automatic stuff, because they're probably going to do what I want them to do anyways. Probably. The AI department in that part is also really strong. Like they exactly know what to do. Hmm. Um, but if you go further into it, there's also items which you can get in the stores, which um, which can really help you and benefit you. There's also little suits that each character can wear, which also change your stats and, for example, raise your HP even more, or st- uh, strengthen your attack power. So there's a lot of options to play with and make your guy a little bit more of your own. Um, so there's for each person there's a specific way to play this game. Um, uh, when I when I see these characters, they're so similar to Mies that you know I I can't help but think you know why not just make them Mies? Wouldn't it be cool to you know play with you know your friends or whatever, beating up monsters as your friends? That'd I will be, cool. be really honest with you. I like the characters more than Mies. Okay. I find them. I find them more interesting. They have their own personality to them. They do remind me of Tingle a lot, though. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually one, uh, one specific Denkapin, uh, Ningen, which I found really looked like a Tingle. Yeah. So uh, when this, if it does come to the West, I'm sure it'll have a completely different name, which will, you know, be it's nothing even like that. Unsure, unsure if it will come to the West because this yeah. is not published by Nintendo. Um, this is published by Genius themselves, uh, which is, of course, the company who made a few games for Square Enix and the Pokemon Company. But this is their first game completely on their own. And it's a very, very good one at that. It has a very lasting impression. Um, I'm basically almost towards the end of the game. I've put like 20 hours into it. Jesus. Whoa. That's a and lot. That's. that's very, very good for an eShop game. That's That just blows my mind how much good stuff there is in this game to do. And how much um, tweaking there is for your characters and how much style there is to it. 
Um, wow, that's yeah. amazing. So do yeah. you think, um, would you hope that this comes to the West and be translated? I I really hope, because this, I will say this, because people say, possibly Mutant Mods is possibly your favorite eShop game, because that's a game that's very good in the West, because you guys don't play it, I will explain it. Um, but I will say this. No, this game is my favorite eShop game. Well, there you go. In your face, Mutant Muds and <laughs> uh, Mighty Switch Force. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which, both of which haven't come to Japan, right? Right. It's very unsure if those either will come to Japan, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not really to Japanese taste, I guess. I don't know, Mutant Muds could be. Yeah, I think if any Western company would get their game published in Japan, I think the most possibility will be the games from Shinen, the German company. Because their games did also release on WiiWare, surprisingly enough, in Japan. Some of them. The latest one um, didn't, but the other ones did. So it will be interesting to see where it goes from the eShop for Japan. <laughs> That's funny. I, I just played the demo of uh, Fast, F-A-S-T, on WiiWare the other day. It's fun. Did you like it? Yeah, it was very really fun. Very F-Zero-esque. Yeah, but, but they have like four eShop games in the works. Yeah. So and free if we already announced, so um, there's a lot to look forward to from them, and hopefully that will come to Japan. At least I would hope so. So as always, I will wrap things up with new business because you know <laughs> I'm never playing anything new. So what I've been doing, I've been slogging through Skyward Sword, and. Um, uh, I will keep this spoiler free. Um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say I got the Master Sword. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how far this is in the game. It's quite interesting because, you know, in most Zelda games, you know, you go to your, your quest screen or whatever, you press start, and there's there's eight holes, and, you know, you filled in three of them with a with a colorful gem. And you know that you've got five more to go, you know. And there is kind of that in in Skyward Sword, but like, you know, I don't, I can't tell like how much more of the game there is to go. It's, it's it, this is a good thing. I mean, I like how everything is masked and kind of like the cracks are filled in in this game. It's not like, you know, you one segment is so you know obviously separated from the next part. You know, everything just kind of is so seamless. In Skyward Sword, you don't know when you're going into a dungeon. You know when the dungeon ends and the the next bit starts. It's kind of like, you know, it's it's very smooth process, and uh, I really really like what they've done with this, uh, uh, how they've done it. And uh, I mean, Danny, me and you were talking about this. How I mean, you haven't really played that much, right, right. Danny? Right. Um, but um, the the fact that it's quite a slow burn at the beginning is quite a surprise. It's probably why you haven't, you know, gone uh, played it as much as you'd thought you would, right? That's right. I mean, I mean, this is like the main game that I'm playing at the moment. You know, any free time I have, I try and you know play Skyward Sword. So it's like you know, I'm go- I'm I'm going through it no matter what. But yeah, I couldn't help but think, you know, the first hour or so, you know. All the ten out of tens were kind of buzzing through my mind, and I was just thinking, you know, 
this isn't a 10 out of 10, you know. That's all I could think of when I was playing the, you know, the first hour of the game. But, you know, where I am now, you know, it all becomes clear. Like, it's like, okay, now I see where everyone's coming from. But I can definitely see how, you know, lots of people might be put off by the first, uh, you know, couple of hours or so. It's a, it's a slow burn, but it just gets so good later on. Uh, it really is worth sticking to. Yeah, I had a colleague from another website, which I won't name, but he will possibly listen to the show. Hi <laughs> there. Um, he's told me that he quit actually after the first hour or two because he couldn't get on with it. Um, yeah, that's that's sad to hear that. I mean, I'm sure, you know, when it comes to like, games like, you know, game of the year discussions on other websites, I'm sure that was pretty much the case, you know, you know, the, the PlayStation editor or the Xbox editor of, you know, multi-format uh websites i mean dot com <laughs> multi platform website dot com <laughs> i mean they're not gonna they're gonna gonna say you know the first hour or so and they'll say yeah it's not for me or whatever and then stop playing it right yeah. i mean it's it's quite unfair really but you know it's it's not their fault that you know the first hour is like that so you know you can't really blame them right it is unfortunately it is their first impression yeah. of the game exactly so they, you can't really blame them. If somebody was trying to force me to play Final Fantasy Thirteen and they said, you know, it gets really good on the 27-hour mark, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not going to play that game for 27 hours to find the good parts. I, I, I played that game for like 15 and quit it. Well, there you go. Even 15 hours in, it's still not. Okay, the good stuff gets to when you actually hit 16, Dan, so just do one more hour. <laughs> No, I'd have no, no, idea. I, I have no, 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 I won't. I have no idea. So. That, that is that is that is one of two games I will never finish. Ooh. And do you want to know the other one? Go ahead. Super Paper Mario and Wii. Huh? If you would have said that. if you would have said Donkey Kong sixty four, I might give you a high five. <laughs> I I <laughs> I did everything in that game. I don't know why. I got stuck and then I just quit playing. That was when I started having this backlog that's bigger than yeah, your great uncle Fester. I mean, I it's think, awful. Uh, when I was picking up the 1067th green banana, <laughs> um, I did stop and pause and think, do I really want to be doing this? But <laughs> <laughs> then I kept doing that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and the other game, if you can call it a game, is uh, Street Pass Quest. Uh, Street Pass Quest 2. I mean, that's taken up a lot of my 3DS time. It's amazing. I, I'm just so addicted to that game. I mean, I find my, I find myself, um, you know, going to places where there are more people so I can get more people to fight in Street Pass Quest. Because I'm on the second, oh, not second, third run through and you unlock this extra part. This is Street Pass Quest 2, by the way. Like, you, go, you complete a couple of times, you get, you know, whatever, 10, 11 hats or whatever. And then there's there's a third route with a key with a keyhole, and you go through there, and it unlocks this huge other map, which is like twice as big as the the initial map, wow. which is which is already bigger than Street Pass Quest One by a long shot, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like mm-hmm. the branching paths. Are, there's like eleven branching paths, and you're like, Jesus Christ! I mean, how many times am I going to have to go through this? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, I've I've haven't even gone through once of this uh, secret route. Um, so 
because when you look at the hat list, I mean, I think there's 70 hats. And it's like, I haven't even got like, you know, 50% of them, I don't think. Yeah. It's crazy. Spoiler, so, I have the cheeseburger. Boom. You got the cheeseburger. <laughs> Spoiler, I have the Famicom hat. Nice, awesome. nice, nice. Is that is that region specific? No, all three regions have the Famicom hat. Nice, and is there an NES hat? Yeah. Excellent. Oh, I'd definitely be wearing the Famicom hat. Forget that. I don't have that yet. So yeah, Street Pass Quest Two. It's awesome, but yeah, my God, how many times are we gonna have to finish that game? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess they they really want people to play it a lot before they have to make a Street Pass Quest 3. They'll probably do that in, like, 2000. I, I yeah. still haven't finished my first run of it. Wow. Are you you got the Famicom one on your first... Not, not even through your first run? Yeah. God, I'm on my, like, fourth run, and I still don't have it. Why, yada yada. <laughs> Shakes fist. Shakes fist, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I've been playing. So, let's move on to some news, which is one piece of news. Nintendo Direct 2012 happened yesterday, as of recording, Wednesday the 22nd. Well, nin- well Nintendo Direct February 22nd, 2012, because they do it like every two or three months. Right, yeah. So, you know, before this happened, you know, people were predicting, you know, Wii, Wii U, Megatons, you know, all this kind of thing. Not quite. But <laughs> there were some interesting little tidbits of information. So we're just going to go quickly through the list. Uh, this is what Iwata-san went through. Um, basically, he made this presentation from the sound studio in uh, Nintendo HQ in Kyoto. And uh, just basically a uh, very, uh, very formal presentation, as always. And the first thing he came up with was the Winoma service will be killed off on the 30th of April. Um, users might get a little something on the 3rd of March, which I guess is the last piece of thing they'll ever do for that service. So this was like um, like a TV clips channel and stuff like that, wasn't it? Sure. There, there was like there was like a uh, movie theater where you can win movies. There was um, companies where you get information from. Uh, there was a store where you could actually buy things and order it to your house. Um, it was a very interesting, interesting piece of software. And actually... I actually watched recently a Japanese version of a movie on there. It actually still streams pretty well. Um, nice. So it was one of the more interesting things that it did on the Japanese console. And it was not actually locked IP, so I could watch everything of it, which is was pretty cool. So let's hope all these ideas, just they're just transferring them over to Wii U. I guess they just want to stop the Wii service and just move on to Wii U and develop a new version of it. It's, for it's that. understandable, yeah. yeah. Yeah, some good ideas there. I mean, I always had this envisions of you know a little me's walking around and that's how you connected with people online and stuff on the wii which never happened so i really hope that you know maybe there's some kind of like you know meet up place on the wii u or something where you can meet up with your friends and watch stuff together i mean this was kind of the closest thing to it looked like it would be because you have all these little all these all of you me's just coming into this little room sitting around a table and they're like hey yo and then celebrity me's would come in and start talking to you about crazy stuff it was kind of cool but yeah, you know. but there you go. It's now dying. So there you go. 
So, Danny, what do we got next? Sure. So, next, Sakurai was actually talking about Kid Icarus Uprising. There's uh, actually a powerful three-part weapon there. It's called the Genesis, and I guess it just fires, you know, one big, huge blast. And uh, according to Sakurai 2, uh, in regards to the online, it's supposedly very smooth. Um, another thing, too, about the game as well, there's uh, some kind of a customization system where you could combine items and gems and stuff like that. And they can even be shared through Street Pass, uh, which that's pretty cool. Um, mm, that's cool. Also, you can receive looks like new gems daily through Spot Pass, so that's you know, that's kind of nice. I think you said one gem a day or something like that. Yeah. So then they ended it by kind of talking about what's going to be coming in the package. You know, of course you got that stand, and then the six AR cards are going to be coming with it as well. Um, the characters on the cards are going to be called idols. Yeah. So there's six random cards. So this is. I mean, it's kind of like buying a packet of chocolates to get, you know, a trading card, except this this time the packet of chocolate costs $50. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> got to catch them all. I wonder if they'll sell them separately. Yeah. That's oh, oh, of course there is. They're going to do the chocolates, right, in Japan. Oh, well. The, is it chocolate or candy, and you get one Kid Icarus AR card inside? Do you remember seeing that? No. You don't see <laughs> <laughs> I think I think, it's, I think it's on the site. It's going to be like a hundred yen for these little like box of chocolates, and you get one card inside. If I was the one that wrote up the story, that's pretty pathetic. But I don't think I was. Yeah. I thought it was a cool idea. So yeah, so there is a kind of you know Pokemon element to this uh, you know little AR card game. Hmm. But yeah, it was amazing how much he's cramming into this game, as he does for every game. Yeah, you know, yeah. and the. The menus look exactly like every other Sakurai game as well. It's just quite <laughs> amazing. Every Smash Brothers game, and uh, yeah, but yeah, it's looking a lot more interesting. I mean, I haven't been very interested in Kid Icarus until now. It sounds like you know, I don't know. It sounds like it's coming together. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so Dan, what do we got next? Our Fire Emblem Awakening. Um... Which is coming out on April 19th and will be priced at 4,800 yen. Uh, DLC is once again confirmed, but more details um, were revealed uh, this time around. There will be new maps and episodes on offer, while Iwata assures that the normal game is fully featured to keep people engaged. Uh, the first batch of DLC, uh, which is coming on the day of launch, uh, will be free till May um, 31st. Yeah, that's cool. It does look really good. I mean, this is like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is proper first party at their best. You know, everything, all cylinders firing, you know, graphics to the max. This is pretty amazing stuff. But it's Fire Emblem, which I have no interest in. But <laughs> there you go. I, I will I will buy this at day one. I love Fire Emblem. It's nice that they're doing the DLC for free. Or is it... I think they said one episode or one thing for free up until that time, right? And then yeah. we're going to start charging for it. So, yeah, that's cool. Uh, so next we had a uh, 2DS game, an original uh, DS game, uh, Pokemon and Nobunaga's Ambition, the crazy Pokemon crossover game. And this is coming 17th of March for 5,800 yen. That's a premium price game. Like I said, I, again, you could probably... Uh, I mean, for a DS game, that is actually pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, you could probably still... I bet you could probably find it for 5,000. Maybe even a little it, bit less than that. When when we were watching the live stream, it was such a contrast to go from Fire Emblem Awakening to this game, like an original 2DS game. Yeah, it looks so bad. It's, it's kind of crazy that... I mean, Fire Emblem's 4,800 yen. This is 5,800. That's 
Yeah, 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 and the price comparison as well. But I, I'm pretty interested because I love action tactical RPGs, so I'm pretty interested in this game for sure. Although it's a very it's a very niche Japanese market, so I don't really think it will be coming to Europe or America. Well, Pokemon teaches typing, didn't? So. Yeah. I like that one. I like that one too. Actually, I had that. One. <laughs> you got that? Amazing. Yeah, it's probably pretty fun, but I just, I'm kind of surprised that something like that didn't get released outside of Japan. But I'd I'd just be worried that you know if I started typing with that keyboard, it would just say your fingers are too fat <laughs> to obtain a dialing wand. <laughs> My fingers are pretty fat, and I could control pretty well, so I had no problems with it. Right then. So next one. Uh, Danny? Yeah, Mario Tennis Open was revealed as a new title in the long-running series by Camelot. It's actually going to be offering uh, full button controls and lower touchscreen controls for maybe shots and lobs and stuff like that. Um, you can also you also have the option for gyro controls too. Uh, it's going to support local play and download play. For and also four players can play off of a single cart. And the game is going to have some kind of internet play. There really weren't too many details about it, and that is coming on May twenty fourth. Yeah, I think that they're, they're going to have online rankings as well. You can make make a character, and uh, that will also have Street Pass functionality as well. So you can swap uh, player data. Cool. But what is still unknown is if there's going to be any RPG elements to this. I mean, that's what we all hope, but they didn't really talk about it. So chances are slim. But obviously, you know, you've got some character customization, and you've got online play, and four players off a single card. That is that's genius. That's brilliant. So, yep. it should be good. It looks good. Looks good. Definitely interested in that one. Very crisp and clear. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, next. next up is Project Zero Two, uh, the Fatal Frame Two remake for Wii, which is back from the dead. Um, it's coming uh, June twenty eighth. Iwata says it will have new modes, uh, including some sort of two-player support. Um, I have been very interested in this since it was announced at Nintendo Conference 2010. And I will be really honest with you, I thought it was never coming anymore. I thought it was really dead. And I found it a big shame. Uh, because I was really, really interested in uh, what the game has an offer. And Fatal Frame 2 is one of my favorite games. Wait a minute, is so this for Wii or 3DS? For Wii. Really, I, from the from the stream, I swear I thought it was 3DS because <laughs> it looked like they were doing the, the, some AR stuff. Dude, but I guess. dude, it was announced at Nintendo Conference 2010. But it's just like it's it's just a block of 3DS games, and it's like there's a Wii game suddenly in there. It's just a bit weird. Yeah, but uh, I'm very glad it's back from the dead because I was so in love with the first footage I saw back back at, again, at Nintendo Conference 2010. So I will be really um, directly picking this up on launch day um, as soon as possible getting it to me from Japan because uh, never go wrong with Fatal Frame, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, so next up we had Cultcept for 3DS. Um, this is going to support local and internet play again. Uh, nice to nice to hear lots of uh, games getting uh, internet play support on this list actually um, there will be uh, also support and help features for new players and that's coming the 28th of June so uh, Cultcept I have no interest in this game at all what about nope. you guys 
No, no interest. Very, very nice. Very, very and, nice. It, and it's coming on the same day as Project Zero 2, so that will possibly overshadow it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's like game after game after game here. It's amazing. Okay, yeah. next, what do we got, Danny? Yeah, next bit we have here is Cultibit. Uh, Cultibit, a uh, football simulation. I'm assuming that's a soccer sim. No, football. That's you correct. You mean football? American football? football? No, football. European football. <laughs> Football, soccer. If you're in Japan, you, see, you should call it soccer in Japan. Anyways, um, <laughs> so I guess, you know, there was a previous entry in the series that was released six years back, and this one was kind of uh, first shown last year, and I guess they finally started kind of talking a little bit more about it. Um, this new installment's actually going to have some kind of network support. Uh, again, details are kind of sparse, but this is coming in July. Yeah, so when they say simulation, it's not actually... Uh, like a football game, it's like a management simulation. Okay. So you're managing yeah. a team, sure. and then you know, uh, kind of like you know, your dream team and trying yeah. to get them to the top of the league, that kind of thing. It's very, very popular in Europe. Yeah, I would hope that something like this would come to Europe. I mean, and uh, Dan in in Holland, it, are the football management games popular on the PC? Uh, mostly, most mostly in Europe, they're popular. Especially the one from uh, Sega, Football Manager, is yeah, football uh, manager. very, very, very popular. Although that isn't the only country that isn't sold here in Europe is Germany because FIFA has a monopoly over there, huh. monopoly. There you go. It's one of those things. It's like, yeah, only in Europe kind of thing. Yeah, but I could see this coming to Europe. But um, at the same time, I'm very interested in this because I played original. There was Japan only on the GBA. Mm-hmm. Um, GBA. And yeah. Yeah, to, GBA. <laughs> to be honest, it did look like a GBA game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I found that this remake more intriguing because you will have all your information on the touchscreen, which makes it more um, better handling than the one on the GBA, which I found a bit lacking in places. Yeah. Okay, so next up, uh, Don? Third-party titles discussed. Uh, first was, was uh, Kingdom Hearts 3D, which got us no new info. And exact same trailer that was released like two weeks beforehand. Which is a nine-minute trailer um, with some story info and some gameplay elements. Um, after that, it was Rune Factory 4, uh, which is coming July 2012. And finally, there was uh, Dragon Quest Monsters Terry's Wonderland 3D. Which is a remake of the original Terry's Wonderland, uh, which is due to release somewhere in 2012. Um, the game will actually feature this time around monsters from Joker, Joker 2, and Professional, and has also some new stories in, for this remake. So you can look forward to that one. Yeah, the the monster Dragon Quest Monsters Joker games were really crazy popular in Japan, like crazy popular. So. And this, the original was like released before those Joker games were made, so releasing this is a good move. Definitely. And uh, so next up uh, onto the eShop, uh, Iwata mentioned uh, Denpa Ningen, which is already out, and we've already talked about it, and suggests that people should give it a go. And uh, the next game to come out is uh, the Rolling Western, uh, or Dylan's Rolling Western as it's known in the West, and that is out now for a thousand yen. That's quite a premium price, and it got quite a bad review on our site. Go ahead and real, uh, read Neil Ronahan's review of that before downloading it, please. And I, and I, was, and I was like, eh, 
I played the European version, I was like, eh. Just down the road, okay, meh. <laughs> and that's uh, Don Koopman's review right there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Ever since I first saw this game, it doesn't seem like anything that was really too appealing. And uh, after reading the review, I'm glad that I didn't go anywhere near this. On the surface, it looks like uh, you're playing as a Goron and in Majora's Mask. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess it's nothing like it's that. It's also, uh, just just a little um, snippet here, it's made by Fanpool, um, who made the Tingle games, so there you go. Cool. <laughs> Sold. Win. <laughs> okay. Which also always had a very interesting story and um, background around to it, but the gameplay of Fanpool games were never strong. They haven't been never strong, and, and, and it clearly shows again in Dylan's Warning Western. The gameplay is not a strong element of this game at all. Oh dear. Okay, next up, Danny. Right, next up here, Game Gear Support is coming. Sonic and Tails 2, the... GG Shinobi, oh god, uh, Game Gear Shinobi, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Wow, there's, a, there's a hint in the GG. title, Danny. There it is. Game Gear Shinobi <laughs> and Dragon Crystal will be released on March 14th. Actually, priced at 300 yen each. Uh, this is something that kind of was revealed last year, uh, before the eShop came out. So it's something that's been known for a while, but it's just not like the exact date. So I think that's kind of cool that they're coming, and I'm actually I'm pretty glad that they're 300 yen each. Yeah, and even more exciting, we just saw the they images. They also have like eight different options in the menus, like you can set several settings, which yeah. isn't in like the Nintendo Virtual Console stuff, which sounds pretty good. So for 300, so yeah. And yeah. you know what? What I don't understand too, it doesn't seem like there's any there are any more Game Boy games that are coming out that are 300 yen. The only one that I can think of off the top of my head is Donkey Kong 94, which that's awesome. That's a really good deal. But if if not just that, there's only a few others. That's kind of ridiculous that everything's priced at 400. And finally, getting some games are going to be back at 300. So. But the uh, the Game Gear stuff. I mean, they got the the overlays, right? The Game Gear. Yeah, they have the Game Gear overlays, and they have like a little Game Gear in the menu menu screen of your 3DS. So. Looks really good, and you can turn off blurring on and off, and yeah, you know, just the colors and everything is yeah. Very impressive. I hope they do that with the Game Boy Color. Because well, Game Sega... Boy Color games don't have a Game Boy Color overlay, do they? Mm, not really. Just a, just a Game Boy one? Yeah, I haven't booted it up in a really, really long time. I thought they had the Game Boy Color overlay. They have the Game Boy Color one, but uh, there's not a big difference just that it is in color. Yeah. Um, but um, the, the interesting thing about, about this is I've always found it interesting that Sega and Namco games in particular, also on the Wii Virtual Console, were almost the most featured in their options in what you can change with the Virtual Console game itself. So I'm pretty happy that they continue with this very solid support. So next up, uh, there was a teaser trailer shown for crossover between Sega, Capcom, and Namco Bandai. And it will be released by Namco Bandai, but there are no details whatsoever. Sweet. <laughs> one of the two biggest teasers in this entire conference, the next one coming up next, but uh, there's not much to say about this one, just that there is a crossover game between Sega, Capcom, and Namco Bandai. And it's coming to possibly the 3DS, so there you go. So next up, Iwata did a big tease. Uh, he teased about the next brain training game focused on working memory and concentration. Whatever the hell that is. Uh, he <laughs> 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 what a tease he was. He didn't really talk about this exact 
specifics, but just talking about what the game might entail. Uh, so the new game is going to be made especially for these two areas uh, and they're going to make it incredibly difficult. Uh, so difficult they're actually referring it to as Oni training, or which means ogre or devil training. And they showed a picture of uh, Kawa Dr. Kawashima, who is back by the way, is Dr. Kawashima in devil form. So he had a red face. This body floating hat in, de in devil form. That's what I always wanted. <laughs> so I didn't know Kawashima was back. I mean, I thought he defected to uh, Microsoft, but apparently he's back. Um, Dr. Kawashima made that game of Namco Bandai. On, for like Kinect, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's good to have him back on Nintendo systems anyway. That's wh yeah. that's that's where he was made. Come on, did did anyone that's know his name? That's where his floating head was made. He only was a, a cheap um, Xbox avatar in the in the Connect game, but here's his floating head back. Hooray! Yay! <laughs> Pixelated glory too. It's the same. So yeah, I guess the the reason why Iwata was kind of I don't know. He wasn't really giving specifics. I mean, you can tell that this is obviously a big deal because, you know, brain training sold millions of units and, you know, helped make the DS what it became, you know, this juggernaut of a system. So obviously they're trying to, you know, rekindle that magic with the 3DS. Feel the magic, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> they want to recapture that magic what made the the ds so popular because they need a game like this to attract you know the non-gamers right because at the moment the 3ds is pretty much you know a gamer's system you know there's there isn't much to go for for non-gamers you know there's, all, there's only nintendo only nintendo so if they if they nail it if they get that right again you know that means you know they're gonna have another five million sales on their hands you know this year so that's what they need. So that's what they're hoping but for. But in, in Japan, they need Animal Crossing and this. That's what they really need. They need Tomodachi Collection, Animal Crossing, and a brain training, and then they're done. I mean, I think this definitely has they a lot win. more. This has a lot more potential in Japan too than what it does outside of you know in, in North America or Europe. Yeah, I don't so. know. Maybe people are kind of done with these kind of brain training games I elsewhere. Think so and if and honestly, as sad as it is, I don't think some you know yeah if you market this at like two thousand yen or even like twenty bucks in the states, I think for something like this, people would probably still just kind of turn their nose up and. And, and you know, in America and Europe, probably just turn their nose up and be like, "Why can I? Why should I do this? I can just get something on my iPhone for free." Yeah, thanks, like, Apple. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so sad but true. There you go. So that was almost the end of the presentation, but there was one last thing. Yep. Last up, we have here. There are actually going to be some new quests from Monster Hunter Tri G coming out, and also a Hatsune Miku demo is actually, and two new 3D videos uh, were actually released uh, on the eShop. Here this week, uh, Don is actually he's a lot more familiar with Hatsune Miku than I am. I haven't got a chance to play the demo yet, actually. Um, Don, do you have anything to say about that? I played um, the Hatsune Miku demo. Um, for people who play the Project Diva games, you can better forget it because it's nothing like this one. Um, so what it introduces in here, um, it's basically the same up, um, setup where you have a song um, and you have to play rhythmically through it. But um, to change it up a bit, they have now introduced the circle system. And what circle system is, is that you have to uh, click a certain button 
at the right moment when a sort of a metronome-like um, line is moving towards the button. It's kind of like a clock, isn't it? It's like a clock face. It's like uh, the the hand is ticking around and you have to press it as it goes past. Yeah, and you can do it perfect or okay or completely miss it. Yep, um, that's what I did. If you if you continually doing it okay and good, then uh, you'll move up a level, uh, rank up more points, and you are totally moving up to a maximum of four levels, and then at a max of five, you get uh, can rank up like uh, multipliers like um, X5 and X10, uh, depending on how good you are. Um, uh, James, I thought that you were doing it pretty poorly. I'm doing it pretty okay. I thought... Uh, you must be a master at it. <laughs> I, I had to do it like two or three tries to get really good at it before I knew it because I was trying to play it like Project Diva where the buttons would come on the screen and you have to press them at the right time. This is actually more difficult because uh, the circle timing is just like a metronome-like style where you have to really pinpoint when to click that button. Yeah, I, I really couldn't get the timing down because I'm... It doesn't really give you any indication, is it like, as the, the, I described it like a clock face, like when the when the minute hand, you know, goes over the button, are you supposed to do it just as it goes onto the button, like in the middle of the button, like just near the end of it, is, is you know, there's, there's quite a big range you can do it there, and yeah. it doesn't give you any indication of when is the perfect time to do it. So it's, it was quite difficult for me to get used to the timing, but yeah, with practice, I could see like getting a lot easier yeah it, it can be easier over time you can play like all three difficulty settings on the two songs you get mm, one yeah. is um, um, and, and the airport song Trilicular Airline I believe and another one is Low Lots of Laughs which, which <laughs> both got featured in previous videos of the game so people are familiar and at this point I'd like to say that I absolutely hate J-pop, and the music made me want to rip my ears off and eat, and eat them. <laughs> it's 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 unfortunately not J-pop; it's Vocaloid. So deal with it. Um, <laughs> In your face, whatever. Sorry, sorry, James, you're not into Vocaloid. So Vocaloid, Jakeloid, whatever it is, it's Suckaloids. It's not J-pop; it's Vocaloid. So deal with it. Bro. <laughs> um, um, I like Vocaloid songs. Occasionally, there can be a good song in there. Um, especially in the in the diva games, I found pretty much good songs that I got on the soundtrack of them. So I don't really necessarily think that the two songs that I got here was really representative of what the full scope of it is. Um, but I thought that I played really nicely, and I thought that I pres presented all, everything pretty well. There's also was also an AR card feature, um, which you can saw another song that was featured in the demos was "Sing and Smile." You could actually watch a little concert of that an AR card that you could print yourself. So I actually tried that, and that worked also pretty darn well. Oh, so the, the AR card wasn't the one that comes with your 3DS? Uh, no, you have to print a um, downloadable card from their website. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. I tried it and didn't there's, work. <laughs> there's a specific card you need to uh, download and print. Gotcha. Um, although they did lock the photo option in the demo, which is understandable since they want only to do that in the actual game, of course. Right, right. Um, so, overall, I'll, I will pick this game up. Um, it's definitely it's definitely harder, and I will definitely warn people who are into this type of game that they are 
in comparison to the diva games this is difficult this is really really difficult but at the same time i can see this getting um, the same type of audience it had with the other games so certainly look forward to that the other thing that um, we just mentioned then was uh, the monster hunter tri g quests so it just reminded me that the uh, the monster hunter producer sent out a swap note about this uh, today actually thursday the 23rd he sent out a swap note so it had new stationery a monster hunter stationery <laughs> which is nice. on top of the other four new stationaries we got in the past couple of days right there was one um, that Iwata sent out, which is like um, a really cool retro 8-bit uh, background of like the Nintendo headquarters in Kyoto. And then Reggie sent out a pretty crap one, like a pretty standard notebook uh, kind of looking one. Then there was a Monster yeah. Hunter one. Then there was a Zelda one, which went out to people who bought... A Game Center CX one. And then the Game Center CX one. So that's five new stationaries in two days. Quite a lot. So yeah. yeah, any swap note fans, and uh, these are kind of going around the staff and uh, various members of the forum members. So I'm pretty sure everyone will be able to get them eventually if if you've got the right people on your friends list. So yeah, pretty mm-hmm. cool. I like the Zelda one and the um, the the Iwata one, the Kyoto one was pretty cool. Yeah, I just I like saw that. it. I haven't opened up swap note since December 27th. So I... <laughs> loser. <laughs> T- talking about. Um... Game Center CX. There was also an episode that came along with Nintendo Direct. That's right. Um, Arino um, taking on several Game Boy, um, Game Boy games and Virtual Console and NES games, which I found pretty fun to watch. Um, it's basically stick trying to um, beat the game and then having some trouble with it and trying to overcome it. It's pretty good stuff. So yeah, another cool thing about you know getting all these swap notes from these uh, you know famous people is that you know you can see their handwriting because it's it's actually that person writing it right so you got reggie's signature iwata's signature and uh arena's signature and everything it's pretty cool i like seeing yeah. that it's cool and watching them how they write it out and everything it's uh it's quite a nice little feature isn't it it's almost like twitter for a handwritten twitter on your 3ds yeah. it's kind of cool i like it i like swap note yeah, that was it. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> I, th- I think that was uh, all the Nintendo Direct stuff. Yep. Yeah, I think we've. Overall, got... what did you guys thought of it? Was it okay? Was it good? Was it fine for Japan? Well, it was a bit of a bit. Mm, I don't know. A slight bit of a letdown. I mean, maybe you know, us Nintendo fans, we tend to do this, don't we? <laughs> we, we build it up. We're like Megaton, and then you know, nothing happens. Maybe only giving us a day was to make it so we don't build it up so much. Yeah. Too. Like, hey, this is happening tomorrow. What? You know, yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm, I'm also very pleased to know that Fatal Frame 2, the remake, is also coming to Europe. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's cool. In the face of Nintendo of America. <laughs> <laughs> in your face, Reggie. Because uh, not because because America is getting the last story. Yeah. But it's not published by Nintendo. There you go. Yeah, I it's guess. published by X Seed for the win. Which yeah. is which is kind of a cop out by Nintendo. <laughs> I don't know, I, you know, I'm honestly, I'm pretty excited about Mario Tennis Open coming out. I think it's yeah, be me too. Cool. That looks good. Yeah, online play, Street Pass stuff. Yeah, looks good. I I do hope there are some RPG elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's it's kind of like the silence is deafening. How they didn't talk about it, but <laughs> you never know. I mean, um, Kid Icarus Uprising, Fire Emblem Awakening, 
Mario Tennis Open, Project Zero Two. I think there's an, enough good stuff around here. Yeah. yeah. But if Mario if Mario Tennis Open doesn't have first shading on the tennis ball, it's a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Instant uh, four out of ten. <laughs> I guess it it was a very functional presentation. There wasn't anything. There weren't any megatons. There weren't any you know mind blowing things apart from that you know that uh, crossover game, which may or may not come sometime this year or next year or sometime next... somewhere. Yeah, I found it more a bit more about the F than um, than surprising. Here's the trailer. We don't show anything. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but it there, there were quite a few games uh, confirmed and dates confirmed, prices confirmed, which makes it all a lot more real. So you know, in the next you know two or three months, we know exactly what games we're yeah, getting for for Japan. For for we in Europe, we just got a translated um, presentation, which mostly said European plans to be confirmed. European plans to be confirmed. <laughs> yeah. European plans to be confirmed. <laughs> yeah, it was great that little voiceover they did. The American one yeah. was completely different. It was very, uh, it was very professional. I thought the the interviews and everything, and you know, three D graphics spinning around and everything. It felt like yeah. very it was very CNN, <laughs> but the um, <laughs> but the Japanese Japanese one was very. The, you know, the only the most interesting news I got from the entire day, so all from the all three conferences was that with the B2B Twin and Paradise, which is the European version of uh, Minanor, Wem Tengoku, mm-hmm. and Winam Heaven Fever, mm-hmm. our version will be in every European language available, so also in Dutch. Huh. It, it, like the lyrics, the songs, and everything? Yeah, wow. all the sound effects, everything. It's amazing. So if you have one disc and just change the language, you have a new batch of songs, and this is for eight different languages. Wow, wow that's impressive. Yeah. Wow, back in the day, back in the N64 days, that never would have happened. <laughs> they would have just, you know, no. you wouldn't have even known about it. But it's insanely impressive that they did this. And I think it makes me worth the waiting for a European version, actually. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, there you go. That was news. That was Nintendo Direct. So, let's move on to a little bit of listener mail. If you want to contact us, it's famicast at nintendoworldreport.com or drop by our forum thread, which is uh, questions for the NWR Japan crew, which you'll find a link to in the article below this episode. So, uh, this uh, came via email. This is from uh, Hiawata. Hiawata. It's kind of like uh, Iwata. Hiawata. <laughs> it's like Iwata doing kung fu. I don't know. Yes. Um, so he said, uh, I read on a forum that someone was able to access the American Nintendo Zone from their Japanese 3DS by changing the SSID on their home network to ATT Wi-Fi. Do you know what the SSID is for Nintendo Zone in Japan? I would love to be able to download the Japanese demos that we don't have over here, such as Monster Hunter 3G. Um, so uh, our technical wizard, uh, Aaron Kaluska, he answered this uh uh, via email for us, and his answer, he said, the two Japanese SSIDs don't uh, won't work. The 7-Eleven one, uh, that's he's talking about the 7-Eleven in Japan, directs to an internal network that won't work outside of Japan, uh, the store in Japan, 
And the Tsutaya one requires a special beacon signal router, which uh, which also won't work outside of Japan. So they pretty much screwed there. <laughs> but um, I thought this would be a good thing to talk about the Nintendo Zone because um, unfortunately, Hiwata, the Nintendo Zone pretty much sucks in Japan. Um, but that's because all the demos themselves are actually on the eShop. Uh, they're not actually at the Nintendo Zone. The Nintendo Zone in Japan is pretty much the worst experience you'll ever have in your 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, short of uh, shoving the 3DS up your nose, it's, there's nothing much worse you can do on it. So there's a couple near where I live, and uh, I was quite excited to try it out because, you know, uh, I, you know, you press the Nintendo Zone icon when you're at home, it doesn't work. You say, like, okay, you go along, and then the icon flashes when you go in the, in the area of it, and it's like, okay, click on it. Open up, there's two gray boxes, and it's one of them's like, learn about the 3DS. You click on it, and there's a like, you know, a standard Photoshop image of a family holding a 3DS. The 3DS is a 3D games console. Okay. <laughs> you can take 3D photos with the 3DS. Okay. Back, what's the other button do? And it's like, you can connect to the internet using your 3DS. Okay. <laughs> And I'll go back, and is there anything else? <laughs> and it's like, that's it. That's the whole freaking app. <laughs> There's nothing to do. You can't download demos, you can't download coupons. But uh, when, when did you try this, actually? Uh, quite recently. Okay. So, yeah, it's an absolute piece of crap, basically. But the um... I think there are some more things for by 7-Eleven, right? That you get some more stuff, for, like special games, for example. Yeah, Seven Eleven had the um, the Love Plus Plus demo, uh, and I feel I think they still have a promotion running where you can actually get some special events for in the game. Yeah, but that that's Seven Eleven. Yeah. That's like the Seven Eleven one. This is I'm talking about the the standard Nintendo Zone, which is in game stores, supermarkets, uh, you know, everywhere around Japan. Okay, yeah. Uh, this is like the standard one. The Seven Eleven one is probably you know a special one that they've done you know deals with Nintendo. Uh, to do those demos and stuff, right? So, yeah. um, but it's not a complete bust because the Nintendo Zone, the actual unit itself, is actually quite interesting. It's like a, two, a dual screen thing, kind of like a giant 3DS in a way. Um, mm -hmm. And the top screen is kind of like a slideshow of um, images and occasionally you'll get some uh, QR codes of some gold pants knees <laughs> Uh, like they had the Resident Evil characters, they had um, some J-pop uh, girls on there that you could download. Uh, AKB48? Uh, I don't think it was actually. It's probably one of the offshoots. No, it was like SK, SKB, SK48 or something like that. SKBHSN, there's so yeah. many now, it's ridiculous. Like comedians, like a com uh, comedy duos and stuff like that, you know. Uh, you know. I'm not really interested in downloading those memes, but it's you know it's kind of interesting. And they got videos of the games and stuff like that. And you can actually interact with it. It's got like four buttons. You can you can browse through games and watch videos of uh, certain games and stuff. So yeah, it, the actual unit itself is quite interesting, but it's just like the way it interacts with the 3DS is complete bullshit. So there you go. That's Green. the Nintendo Zone. So. Uh, Don, what about the European Nintendo Zone? Is it is it similar to the US one? First of all, there's no European Nintendo Zone. Okay. They actually <laughs> lied about having one. Um, I don't know if they will come. Uh, they said, 
Yeah, we'll have an internet on at some point in time, but <laughs> we still haven't announced it, so... There you go. Well, I know the American one improved a lot recently. Like, uh, yeah, can... I, I can actually, I could have, can actually have access to the American one just changing my SSID, and and I can watch like full full Pokemon episodes from the current season. Oh, nice! And um, and watch an exclusive demo from there. Um, so it's pretty interesting stuff. There you go. That's the Nintendo then. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the good thing is that. The demos are on the eShop. You don't have to go to these, you know, Nintendo zones in Best Buy or wherever it is to get the demos. You could just do it from your home. Because I don't think I would have downloaded, you know, whatever demo it was uh, if I had to go to my local supermarket to get it. <laughs> yeah. What the the best thing about like these. Uh, like promotional things that Nintendo do, are the booklets that they have, the pamphlets and the booklets in Japan, they're just so well designed and beautiful in Japan. Like the artwork and stuff. Like if you get the one like with the system, like a 3DS one or a Wii one, it's just like it's really well put together. You know, um, something you'd probably see on eBay, going for a few uh, like ten dollars or something. You just pick them up for free here in Japan. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So there you go. That's the only listener mail we have this week because uh, uh, it's quite a long episode. So we're going to wrap things up. wrap things up here with our Twitter handles. Uh, I'm at Family Complicated. Danny? Danny Bivens is at, at Danny Biv. Uh, Dan? Nintendo. Of course. Matt uh, is at Gypsy Otoko and Minoru is NWR underscore Minoru. Um, so Matt sends his apologies. He's in the middle of moving house at the moment um, but he promises he'll be joining us next episode uh, from his new pad and uh, apparently it will be a lot better for recording and everything like that. Apart from the pad. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, come and join us. Uh, we've got a Mario Kart 7 community. If you look at my signature, you'll find the codes for that. Come and join us. Play Mario Kart 7 with us. And uh, as soon as you finish listening to this episode, um, if you've been interested in the music you heard between each segment, um, and you know the what they are, you can go and check your answers, see if you're correct. Because uh, every episode in the talkback, I post uh, what the music was, so you can play a little quiz along with yourself, you know, what music was it, and see if you're right. And of course, you can discuss the episode. Did we miss something? Did we screw up? <laughs> Tell us. Uh, ask questions. Uh, give us ideas for topics for the uh, Life in Japan segment. Or just ask any general question about Japan or Japanese gaming uh, in there. Or send us an email, whatever you want to do. So, uh, also, uh, you can check out the other podcasts we have at NWR. The, of course, you subscribe to the awesome RFN. But uh, check out Connectivity and hear Dan talk about the Vita. And uh, hopefully they'll be... Oh, this week, um, if you listen to it right now, uh, the past week we had a segment on Mario and Sonic for the 3DS. And at the London Olympic Games? At the London Olympic Games. 
<laughs> and let me tell you that game is not that good. There you go. Hear about how shit that is on connectivity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and next week you'd hear to talk about something good for a change, and that's the Vita. There you go. So. And hopefully there'll be an episode of Radio Trivia on its way soon. So, that about wraps it up. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Danny. Word. Keep buying them eShot games, dude. You know I will. <laughs> and Dan, as always, thank you for joining us. Stop calling me nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> Until next episode, Family Crew out. Peace! Bye. Bye. Bye.